If you're planning on making some resolutions, it might not work and here's why. Welcome back to the Make Life Beautiful podcast. You are here with Wendy. Yes, I'm going by my actual name now instead of Wenji. So let's get into it. I'm gonna be telling you exactly why New Year's resolutions don't work. And guys, they've never worked for me either. And then we're gonna go through some 2022 kind of wins and things like that with me. And then we're gonna do some 2023 planning and it's gonna be a fun episode. So sit down with me, do this for yourself as well, like go through this whole process with me and I think you're gonna find it like super, super useful and you're gonna hit 2023 and we're gonna kill it, beauties. And beauties, remember to join my membership. There's a join button on the YouTube and a link in the description box below. If you're listening to this on podcast, go to my YouTube channel and check it out. And to find my YouTube channel, you just search Make Life Beautiful Podcast. By being part of the memberships and community, I'm gonna give you guys the guide so you guys can go through this 2023 planning process with me and I'm gonna have it all written down so you don't have to take notes during this podcast. They will have checklists, workbooks and everything. I'm also gonna to put together a summary guide of everything that I said today so that you guys can read through it. It's just like a good reference point. Also, you get to ask Q&A. So during the week, you can ask anything in the communities tab for members and I will answer it personally. Also, you guys have priority in replies in the comments and also priorities in the topic of the next podcast. So feel free to give me ideas on what you want for the next podcast, but members get the first dibs. So go down below, click on the link and join my membership today. And then we're gonna start doing monthly live streams soon as well, where we all can hang out and work on ourselves and learn something together. That's gonna be so much fun. So check it out. So first of all, let's go through why exactly New Year's resolutions don't work. I mean, I make them every single year and I think by even like month three, I abandoned them. They just, they're just too hard. They're, they're just too hard to stick to. And then I go through this whole process of like blaming myself or being like so, you know, unself-controlled, unmotivated. Why can't I just do this simple thing? And I think to be honest, New Year's resolution has like well-meaning to it. I think it is really, really good to have a time in the year where you're gonna sit down and be like, let's improve myself. But personally, I think it's better to just do that kind of like every day or every week and not have to wait till the end of the year to do that. Self-improvement is a daily practice. And the reason why I want to make these podcasts is like, I want you guys to go on that journey of self-improvement to make life beautiful. And it's a regular thing. We have to be thinking about it all the time. And I think where New Year's resolutions fall down is it gives you an excuse to wait till the end of the year to then do it. When you could just start now. And I think I encourage you guys to go through this process with me like today while you're listening to this podcast. So the first reason why I think New Year's resolutions don't work is because we wait a whole year to make that resolution. Things build up, right? And then so your list of resolutions are very huge and they're very long because they're a buildup of all these things you weren't happy about yourself with for a whole year. So these goals tend to be big. They tend to be really unsurmountable. And I think that's part of the reason why like I get so demotivated on them. So for me, for the past, like I don't even know how long I remember, my New Year's resolutions goals were like pretty much the same thing. 
It's like, go to the gym, get regular exercise, get healthy, get rid of my bad habits and like do better in my career, keep my promises and do things and turn up on time. Things like that. When I think back to the past 10 years of my fitness routines, I have never really stuck to them for that long. My health has gone up and down and sometimes I eat well, but there are times when I just don't eat well. And, you know, in terms of whether I turn up to things on time, that's a hit and miss as well. So if your goals are huge and insurmountable, it's so hard to stick with them because you think of them and they're so overwhelming. And this brings me to the next point, which is really like, not only do you make big goals, like get healthy, lose weight, but these goals are like very general. Like I, I am so guilty of this, but when I make new year's resolutions, I'm almost too scared to put a number on things whether I'm self-sabotaging, whether I don't believe in myself, whether I don't have confidence, I never set a goal like exercise three times a week for 20 minutes doing treadmill. Like it never gets that specific. And I'm never like lose weight to, you know, 42 kilograms by June, you know, like it's never that specific. And when it comes to like career, I'm never like make, $500,000 this year, you know, I kind of just be like, do your best. And that means that if I fail, like it's not visible that I failed because who knows if you really failed getting healthy or if you really failed losing weight, like what if you lost like a kilo in the first month, you're like doing it and you can give yourself a clap and that's when you stop doing it. And that's when you don't stick to it. So it's like really be specific. And sometimes like If you're doing New Year's resolution again for like the whole year, it's like, how do you know where you're going to be in December? Like, it's so hard to do specific goals for such a long period of time. And it also seems really, really far away. So you feel like you have so much time during the year to achieve it. It's like, well, if I want to be 42 kilos by December, I can start in November and then like kind of eat all the junk food for the first half of the year. And I'll still make it by next year's New Year's resolution. But the only person you're really fooling is yourself. And the only person not benefiting from this weight loss or this getting healthier or this getting better at, you know, your career and finances is yourself. It's like, who is really, no one really cares about whether you do it, except it'll affect your own life. So it's kind of like the specificness of new year's resolutions are never really there. And if you're one of those exceptions that makes super specific new year's goals, like comment down below, we really need to know how you do it and what you do, because we could all learn from that. But majority of New Year's resolutions are just so vague and general. I think the other thing that really does not help New Year's resolutions is we use the excitement we have for them at the end of the year. Like this year is gonna be a great year. We're relying on that excitement. We're relying on that motivation to carry us through the whole year. And how often does your motivation last that long? For me, sometimes a motivation lasts for literally 20 minutes. And if I don't get up and do the thing I'm excited about in the next 20 minutes, I'm literally not going to do it. So it's like for New Year's resolutions, you get so excited at the end of the year. You're like, yes, January 1st, like let's get onto it. 
And honestly, that motivation is really not going to last you that long. It's not going to last you long enough to hit these super really big goals and dreams that you have for yourself and that long list and that daunting, daunting behavior change that you need to go hit. It's, it's not really a great you know, process to be relying on your emotions to do things. So I'm very guilty of this. I am such an emotional person and I'm driven so much by how I feel. So I fall into this trap of wanting this motivation and this feeling to like propel me into the next year. Through science and a lot of studies, it's actually much more effective to focus on super small things consistently than trying to do that big thing in like a burst. So that's why New Year's resolutions don't work because if we're listening to like behavior, which is habits really make up a vast majority of your life, even this, this whole past year, if you self-reflect on how you behaved and carried yourself through 2022, I bet you'll find that your habits carry through a lot of it. When you wake up in the morning, you literally don't think. You go do the same things every day. You think the same feelings. You interpret things in the same way. And you're just almost unconsciously going through life through your habits. And sometimes you see yourself, you have this moment of awakening where you're like, oh my gosh, there's that bad habit again that I don't want to do. But then you find yourself doing it anyways because you are so unconscious about it and it's just so hard to change. So really, if you really want to change your life, hit these goals and resolutions, it's much better to even focus on like just even one single habit or behavior that you do every day and just slowly trying to change that instead of focusing on that huge goal, say like to get healthy instead of like, I'm going to be drinking two liters of water a day when you literally drink one cup every day right now. And you're like, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour every single day. And you literally don't go to the gym. It's like, it's better to just be like, okay, for the next month, or two months, or even three months, I'm just gonna focus on drinking two glasses of water a day. Like whatever I do, instead of one glass of water, I'm drinking two. And then in terms of like fitness, choose something you like. If you like going for a walk, just be like, my only goal for the day is to put on my shoes, step outside for two minutes. And I think if you are outside for two minutes, most likely you're just gonna keep going. Like who walks out of the house? and turns around in two minutes. Like by the time you get out there, you're gonna be like, oh, might as well go for a walk. So that way you're using your own habits and your behavior to help yourself get to the goal. So at the end of the year, hey, you're drinking maybe three cups of water and maybe you're taking 30 minute walks every day, which is probably better than wanting to go to the gym for an hour and drinking two liters of water and then giving that up in like on January 10th and then just going back to your destructive habits for the rest of the year. And really you're now back at, you know, we're going to be end of 2023 and be like, my goal is to drink two liters of water and hydrate and then go to the gym for an hour. It's like, it's this vicious cycle. Trust me guys. I've been there so many times. This is why I'm like, this is not even like, I don't even need to think to tell you these stories. Like I, I can just picture myself doing that right now. So in recent years, I've really shifted away from these big lofty goals and just focusing just on the next, you know, even week, the next day, the next three days, you find yourself, if you just get through 
the next day and the next three days or the next four days and the next five days, then you can then get through the next four days. And that is mentally much more easier to bear than thinking like, I'm going to be doing this for the whole year because that is so overwhelming, guys. So take things in little chunks. And the most important thing is you do it consistently. It could be the smallest thing, but do it consistently. And I think the biggest things between all these people that have successfully achieved their goals and resolutions is they just, they don't make it complicated. It is really like make it minimal, make it simple. Do something that will take you less than five minutes. If you can do something that will only take you a minute and improve your life, like you just need one minute a day. That's it. And don't even try and do a hundred things that are one minute a day. That's too much. Like just do three things, you know, don't overcomplicate it. And people usually overestimate what they can do in a short period of time and underestimate what they can do in a long period of time. So if you just make these small, simple changes, it may seem like you're doing nothing. It's like, well, it's just one glass of water. Like, I'm really not going to make a big impact in my life. Like, why am I even doing this? I might as well just you know, be comfortable in my bad habits. But you'll find that like, if you spend the first month drinking one extra cup of water, the second month drinking an extra cup at the end of 12 months, guess what? 12 cups of water. Guess what 12 cups of water is? Your goal. And But all you had to focus on is just that one cup in one month. And honestly, that doesn't sound like a big thing. One cup, one month. We can do this guys, right? Like we've done way more than that in our lives than trying to drink one cup of water in a month. So I think that's really the key. And this is why New Year's resolutions fall short because they don't give you that structure to be able to do that. And because New Year's resolutions only happen once a year and like everyone's doing them and we all share them with our family and friends and stuff. But like we all know by month three, none of us are doing that and there's no accountability. Like even though I've told my New Year's resolution to like people close to me, like my family and my friends, none of them come up three months later and remember to like tell me like, hey, how's your New Year's resolutions going? Because they're secretly ashamed that theirs are not going. So they're not going to ask you, right? Like we're all just trying to hide our failures here. So there's like really no accountability. So I think it's also like hard to rely on other people to be accountable when it's a New Year's resolution because it's such like, for me, if someone tells me a New Year's resolution, like I take, take it seriously, but it seems kind of like almost like a fad at the same time. Like, oh yeah, haha, that's like a January thing. So by February, like we're not going to think about it, right? But when you tell your friend like, hey, this month, I'm going to try and drink an extra glass of water. And can you hold me accountable just for this month? Like that's all, like it doesn't seem like they have to remember, remember this for 12 months either. Like they just have to be like, hey, how's that thing you're doing, you know? And like just pick one or two things to tell them because, you know, they don't want to be bombarded with trying to remind you on five different things. And I think you should just, you know, keep it small for people around you as well. And accountability is something that I think is super important when it comes to reaching goals and changing habits because I'm a so like, I give myself so much like slack I'm like the toughest person on myself and the easiest person on myself, depending on like how I'm feeling at the time, which is like the worst combination because I will like self criticize. I will say all these mean things to myself but at the end of the day, if I'm not drinking that glass of water, like I'm gonna let that slide like that. 
what was that again? Like, what was that resolution? So sometimes it's really important to go and speak to someone that you know that will hold you accountable. And it's much easier for them to hold you accountable for really small things over a short period of time than these huge things that they have to remember for the whole year. And the frustrating thing about being accountable for huge goals is like every time they follow up on you, it's hard to find progress on big goals. You know, sometimes with big goals, like the progress happens kind of exponentially, like nothing will happen for a long period of time and suddenly something will click and it will just spike. You know, it's like gathering momentum for big goals. It's more about momentum. Like if I think about how I grew my channel, things like that, it's mostly like grind at nothing for a very long period of time, for years. And then all of a sudden, I got like an extra 100,000 subscribers a month and they're not linear, you know, like hitting big goals and trying to achieve big things or doing these big lifestyle changes is never linear. It's about building momentum and confidence in yourself over time so that it compounds on each other. So if someone's holding you accountable for a big goal, like imagine how it's going to go. Let's say it's something around getting healthier right? Let, let's say like specifically, I want to lose five kilos this year. It would be something that goes like this. It's like, oh, January, how's it going? You know, oh yeah, like I lost a little weight, but like not that much. February, you know, um, yeah, it's going okay. Like I think I gained a little bit again. It's kind of frustrating. March, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it probably won't be until November that you're really going to get the big gains after you've changed a lot of your lifestyle habits that are contributing to this, you know, weight that you can't get off, you know, whether it's like eating snacks at 12 a.m. midnight, guilty. It's like those habits that you wean off and they take time and being accountable for big goals and being reminded and feeling like a failure is the quickest way for you to get demotivated, like straight away. Like me saying like, oh, like it's not really progressing, just makes me want to give up. So it's better to just make them small. Like I don't want to eat snacks this week, you know, or I just want to have one snack this week and that's it. And then, you know, that's doable. And then when your friend asks or your, your, your family member asks like, hey, did you stick to your like one snack this week rule? Like it's much easier to say yes to that, you know, because it's much easier to do. So again, so much easier when it's small, consistent behavioral changes than one yearly goal that is undefined that it's hard to hold accountable for because you're not accountable to literally the end of the year. But like you have all these all this time in between to do nothing. So for the sake of accountability, guys, I want you to go down below right now in this comment or video or go message your friend and be like, this is what I want to like change about myself. You know, don't say like next year, just just one thing, it could be vague, like we're gonna build on it a bit later. If you stick around, we're gonna go through a process of how we could make this happen for ourselves. But just kind of like something that, that you've been thinking about for a long time. Go in the comments, share with us right now, go text someone, I really wanna hear this and that, that starts that little glimmer to accountability. Now, before we move on to like really how we get our life together next year and like a better way to do it than the new year's resolution that I'm going to go through with you, I kind of want to go and reflect on 2022 
as a year. I think before you go and like start focusing on like things you want to achieve, things you want to change, it's really important to kind of celebrate what you did well this year because we are so great at telling ourselves what we're lacking, what we're missing, what we're not good at. And for me, like that, that voice and that negativity has plagued my life. It's still very hard to get out of your head. I think our brain is just wired to keep us safe. And that may include telling you that you're not good at this and that you can do better. That's why we have to consciously make a decision to celebrate what we did right in 2022. 2022 for me was such a hard year. I feel like it was full of life changes, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Even things that I didn't think could go wrong did go wrong. I felt like I was just fighting fires the whole year. So I had to put all those things out of my mind. Like I went through a breakup. I went through a move. So many bad things happened in the economy, which affected my business. Being in a new country, like nothing works. It's not like I'm, you know, really settled in this country. I'm here on a kind of work visa, but at the same time, like I'm I don't have like a social security number or anything here. So there's a lot of things in the US that I can't do. Like I can't open business bank accounts. I can't, you know, participate in a lot of normal things people just take for granted here. And it's been so hard to settle in and I've been homesick. And, you know, with all this uncertainty and change and it's just like that sense of familiarity was missing this whole year. And I've had to claw my way through that. And, and, and find some source of light. But when I really sat down and thought about the year and not focus on all the problems that I had, I actually found a decent amount of wins. Here's some of them, I wrote them down. And I think you guys should make this, you know, if you wanna pause this video or like listen to my wins and then pause this video and podcast and go through your wins and write them down. I think it's so important to, to be doing that and really, especially, you know, leading up to Christmas and the new year, it's, this is the only time to celebrate ourselves for the year. So for me, my 2022 wins was, I did something really amazing, guys. I built a hundred million dollar company with my co-founder, Max, of course, like we did this together, but I would never in my life think that that was achievable for me. That was a goal and dream of mine because actually before I did YouTube, I wanted to be a tech startup founder and I wanted to make a amazing tech company that was valued at crazy, crazy amounts of money. And you know, after doing YouTube, I thought that, you know, I'm just going to be a YouTuber, but you know, 20, 20, end of 2021, mid 2021 presented an opportunity in cryptocurrency and web three that I found. And me and Max started to build a blockchain gaming company from there. And I got to do some really amazing things. I learned how to raise money and we raised our very first round of seed investment, which is around $2.5 million for this company. And the company um, title is called Nyan Heroes or Nyan Heroes. We were building a cat shooter game where cats drive robots and it's kind of like Fortnite and it's super fun. I think it just was born out of the idea of like wanting to save a billion cats because I love cats and there are so many homeless cats and I really want to help the cats. I'm going to sound crazy like that, that cat hugging lady who wants to hug like a million cats or whatever. She wants to hug every cat. You remember that song? Uh, that's a great song. I love that song. But yeah, I just really wanted to build something amazing and contribute. So we raised our first round of seed funding at the end of 2021. 
And by 2023, we raised our third round of funding, which was around $7.8 million. Uh, and that put our company valuation at $100 million, which is crazy. Now, I'm going to do a whole other podcast episode, like if you guys are interested in how this whole thing works. But having a $100 million company does not mean you have $100 million. It doesn't even mean that you're not going to go bankrupt, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to fail. So I'm just going to caveat that context before like you guys all think I'm on private jets right now or anything like no, even achieving that I'm really proud of myself because I never thought I would be able to do that. And from that experience, I was able to have the company help our very first lot of animals. So we donated a total around $350,000 this year to various charities. And one, one charity is called the Best Friends Animal Society. Shout out to them. They basically are a no-kill shelter. So they help animals that you know they find, they keep them alive until they can get a new home. Because actually a lot of these animals that get given to shelters, when the shelter runs out of money, they actually have to put down the animal because the animal costs a lot to keep alive. And if they're, they're there for a year or two years and they haven't found homes and they don't have enough funding, there's, there's really no choice. It's, it's much you know, more cost effective to put them down. In fact, sometimes even necessary. So these shelters need funding to keep these animals alive so they even get a chance to find a new home. So we donated $250,000 to them. I asked around and they had a good reputation and they were also an animal shelter that accepted cryptocurrency like they were accepting Dogecoin at the time. So they really vibed with our company. For those of you guys that are like against cryptocurrency, like, it's not a bad thing. There are scams, yes, but there are scams everywhere. There's credit card scams going on right now, but does that mean we don't use credit cards? No, just because there are some bad actors in an industry doesn't completely you know, mean the industry isn't useful and isn't helpful. I just wanna point that out. But yeah, they, they are accepting Dogecoin, so I'm like, you guys are perfect. And then we did a charity auction with a bunch of other projects um, on Solana, which is the, the cryptocurrency network that we were using to build our game on. And we raised another like $100,000 and gave them to different charities. So that was like something I'm proud of. I think despite everything that happened last year was this shining ray of light. The other thing I am super proud of is getting connected to who I am and my authenticity. So if you guys have been following me online, and for those of you guys, this is the first time you found me on this podcast and you have no idea who I am, I am a YouTube creator with another channel that has, you know, 14 million or so subscribers. I am also a music artist that has been releasing music singles and for like the past five years in various countries. And I have been doing a lot. And I think being in the internet online influencer creator space like however you want to call it you know the entertainment space it's very easy to become a caricature caricature uh okay my english is is suffering right there a character of yourself basically like you are one dimensional to a lot of people and then when you blow up from something and you go viral for a certain character or a certain brand or vibe, you kind of get stuck there. And people don't really think about how it is to be on the other side. People only see from their perspective, like, oh, I love, 
I love Wenji because she has that rainbow hair and, and she has this great personality. She's always bubbly and shiny and, and she, she does back to school stuff. I really love that. And that's how you see me and that, that's the only way you see me. If you see me you know, sad or doing something that doesn't really fit into that character you have in your head, suddenly it becomes like, whoa, did she change? Like, what is she doing? But I never change. I think I just slowly, I mean, I did change. Everybody changed. I'm probably a different person tomorrow than I am today. And I know I, I, I feel like this topic needs like a whole other podcast episode to discuss, which I will do sometime as well. But yeah, it was very hard to be my authentic self. And I think with all the things that were bad that happened this year, it actually allowed me to step out of this character and also like create an environment where I become less attached to this character because this character of Wenji and my YouTube channel and everything that I did was my identity for so long that it was so hard to remove myself because also there are so many benefits and rewards from being Wenji because this is how I became as successful as I've ever been in my life. Like that Wenji character is attached to that success and it's so easy to keep wanting to stay with it and keep you know, wanting to be that character so you can experience the success, the fame, the fortune and everything that comes with that. And I think this year with everything that's happened has given me that opportunity to step out of that and really think like, who am I? What do I want to do? Like, what do I really care about? Because I've, my first video on YouTube, like official video where I'm like taking it seriously was uploaded in February, 2013. So it's been like eight, nine years and I haven't come up for air because it was just a wild ride of success. And so I never had time to come up for air. So 2022 was a year where everything just fell apart and the benefit of everything fall apart is like suddenly you realize you don't have to be attached to these things. And so I think 2022 was a year of discovering myself. I haven't fully discovered myself. Like I'm not at the end of that journey yet, but I'm taking the steps, like I'm doing this podcast where I'm completely different to how I am. I'm talking about things I really truly care about that I was never able to talk about on my other platforms without it feeling weird. So I'm carving out a little space for Wendy, for me, and I'm super proud of that for myself. I'm super proud that I'm able to do this and step away from being attached to all that success, fame, and character that had brought me so much happiness before. Because at the end of the day, it, it wasn't making me happy after a while. That brings me to my next point of something I'm super proud about. That led me to being open and vulnerable to change. It opened me to like be like, okay, I can, I can start something and not care about the views, not care about the money and just do it for myself. And I think that's something I wasn't even able to do for eight years, not because I don't believe in doing that, like I certainly do believe in being yourself and doing something you truly enjoy, but there was just so many opportunities thrown my way that I couldn't say no to. So I didn't even have time to just do things that I wanna do for the sake of doing it. And so now I've kind of done a 180 and I'm like mainly just focus on things that I love to do. Like I am lucky enough to put myself in a financial situation where I don't need to take a job and I don't need to take, you know, to do something that I don't want to do. And I know not everyone is in this position and I'm super blessed. That means I get to then just 
just do things to help other people, to do things to help, you know, feel like I'm making a difference. And that's what I'm focusing on. And I'm so proud of myself to be able to do that because me eight years ago, I don't think so. I was struggling financially and just wanting to, you know, find a place <laughs> to get somewhere. And so I don't think I would have been in the headspace to be able to do this. The other thing that I'm super proud of myself in 2022 is to be able to admit and find a lot of faults that I have within myself. And this is through, you know, relationships. I think relationships are a vehicle in your life that can bring out so much good, but also so much bad. And you can choose to like really listen to what that is or choose to try and ignore it and change the other person so that they, they, they think it's okay that you act that way. But 2022 was a year where I discovered so much about myself that was not okay and it's okay for it to not be okay because you can improve on that and i think this vulnerability even though it doesn't sound like something that you should be confident about it takes a lot of confidence to be able to sit there and be like okay this is not good with me and this is not okay to keep doing like how can i improve myself how can i change myself to be better and i'm so proud of myself in 2022 to actually be in a position where i look at myself and I'm okay with saying, hey, this is not great about me. And if I want the relationships and the life that I really, really crave, I'm going to have to change how I behave because someone that behaves the way that I behave, you know, may not attract something that I want. So it's about finding that misalignment. And I'm just glad I'm able to find all these limitations that I never really thought I had. Like two years ago, if you asked like if there are things wrong with me, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm like the best. Like I got all these great traits. And I think there's validity and, and benefits for being like that kind of confident. At the same time, you need to see that you need to improve yourself. So 2022, I have so many things to work for. And like, we're gonna, this kind of like leads me to our next section, which is like, how do we do 2023 and like do it well? Like what's the process? Like let's go through how we can plan 2023 and how we can have like the best year we've ever had. All right, 2023, let's do it. Let's do goal planning for 2023. So I think let's move out of the paradigm of New Year's resolutions and move into the paradigm of 2023 goal planning, goal setting, identity setting, right? I think it depends on what kind of person you are. Some people are really great with logical, granular, procedural things. And I'll go through that process with you guys. But some people that are like me, that are more fluid, more creative, and not as able to grasp detailed concepts comfortably, I think the identity shift is where you wanna be. So I'm gonna kinda of give you guys two options, you can do both, but if you wanna pick one or the other, I think you know that works as well. But I think the identity shift, I'm gonna start off with that because that's what I'm most passionate about and I think the thing that has made the most impact for me. So 2023 identity shift. I'm sure you have like a lot of things you wanna change for myself. So for me, it's like I want to be healthier right? I want to maintain my weight at a low enough weight where I feel good about myself because it's not just about how I look. I feel better about myself when I'm a certain weight because I'm more energetic. 
I, I have this less heavy feeling about myself. You know, I can get out of bed easier. I can go do things easier. There's less resistance to life when I feel like I'm a certain weight. And then I want to get my fitness in check, which has to do with like my energy as well, giving myself more energy. My mental health is a huge thing because of, you know, everything I've gone through this year, my mental health has suffered so much and I really want to get that on track. I want to be financially responsible. I want to be able to say like, I got my financial stuff together and it's all easy and it isn't hard and I can feel secure. I think the financial piece is like security for me. And then I want to live this dream life that I've always had for myself where I'm like that character in like Devil Wears Prada or Clueless, you know, like the the successful, fashionable, glam girl, um, you know, aesthetic life thing. I don't know why. I'm really attached to that mental picture of myself. Maybe it's because like Clueless was my favorite movie growing up and I really wanted to be Cher. And I just, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something about those ladies that make me look at them and be like, wow, I want to be like you. I want to be a boss lady. I want to have my stuff together. I want to be financially secure. I want to be on point this year. Those are all the things that I've always wanted for myself every single year and the theme never changes. What was missing is me putting that together into an identity. So instead of saying like, I want to be healthy, it's like, I am a healthy person. See where I'm coming from? It's like, there's a definite mental shift when instead of talking to yourself like, hey, I wanna be healthy, it's like getting to the point where you can proudly say like, I am a healthy person. Like, I my fitness is great. I have great mental health. That is identity. That isn't like a thing you do. And I think when it, be, like there's a point when you've done something, I'm sure there's something you weren't good at at one point in time. Like I was a horrible dancer, but after dancing for eight years, I became a dancer. That's a different thing, you know, to, to be able to dance and like I am a dancer, there's an air of confidence to when you truly feel like you are the thing that you you were chasing. The moment I stepped into, I'm a dancer now, my whole life changed. Like the things that I, I went for changed. Like instead of like just going to classes and trying to get better as a dancer, I had the confidence to then be like, oh, I'm going to teach now, you know? And I did teach. I did teach a beginner's class, which was actually one of the biggest classes in the whole studio and people really thoroughly enjoyed it. And that moment could have only happened when I stepped out of the, I just want to be better at dancing or I want, you know, to, I am a dancer. And I think that's the thing that we need to do with all these like resolutions, things that we want to improve and things we want to change instead of like thinking it in a million different parts, how does it come together as an identity? And for me, my identity for 2023 is I am a music artist. You know, that's one thing that I really, really want to be. I already feel like a creator. So things like doing this podcast and making YouTube videos, they're very easy for me. I can just turn on the camera. I can just come up with a script and 
it's like mind's play. But my musical journey has been more of a struggle for me. I've, I've struggled from being able to go outside and say, I am a music artist. It's always like led with, I am a creator and I also do music. But I think that's the thing that has stopped me from achieving what I truly want to achieve in my career. And that is to be a music artist. I want to get to the point in 2023 where I'm just like, I'm a music artist though. And there were so many things I needed to do to get there because I think for you to come to that identity, there's steps to it. You're not just going to wake up on January 1st, 2023 after having thought about wanting to be a music artist and just being like, I'm a music artist, you know? There's like so many steps. And in the past five years, I've like slowly taken those steps and now it's like finally coming together. And I think in 2023, it's like the year where I feel like I can just be like, piece it together. So what makes a music artist? The ability to write music, spending more time in the studio more than any other place, releasing songs that you, you know, of something you want to say that you're authentic about, that you believe in. You know, the next step is doing like live shows and concerts, but not all music artists have to do live concerts. I think it's about coming up with being okay with your version of what that looks like and not trying to like be like someone else's version and that like comes back to knowing what you want that's really important part of this identity thing too you don't have to be a stereotypical version of that identity you need to really go into yourself and be like what is really important to me and how how can I be this music artist in my way where I feel comfortable because I'm not going to be on a bus touring 30 different cities that's just not my thing I've done a tour before had a mental breakdown, I know for a fact that that is not my scene. And if it means that I have to tour to be a music artist in my, my, my identity, I'm never going to get there because I'm never going to want to do that. So, you know, I can do a few concerts here and there and, you know, go to a few tour locations and do smaller tours, but I'm never going to be that touring band. You know, that is not part of my music, musician, music artist identity. So coming up with that identity is so important. I think the easiest way is to try and find someone that emulates what you are. And the great thing about like the internet these days, social media, TikTok, everything is like, you can be a music artist in so many different ways. You could be a YouTuber in so many different ways. There's YouTubers that do vlogs. There's YouTubers that just journal and all they do is you see them decorate their journal like there's so many forms to this identity that the easiest way to picture it sometimes is just to find someone that is like your vibe and like kind of emulate them at first because you know all great things happen from when you copy like the greatest artists started off copying that's just how things are when you're a kid how did you learn to walk you're, you're trying to copy your parents. Like this is how, you know, we're wired as animals. So maybe it's like finding that sauce of like, I want to be a music artist like them. So for me, having thought about it, like I love Ariana Grande. I love how she doesn't need to be everywhere all at once to be releasing music. She's quite a private person. And yes, of course, we hear about her relationships in the media, but like to me, Ariana is a very low key person and she just loves being at home with her family and her dogs. And I think that's the kind of person I am. Like I don't see myself going out to Hollywood parties, getting paparazzi shots and, you know, doing the coolest things all the time. Like if that's what it takes to be a music artist, 
I just couldn't do that. That wouldn't be very authentic to me. So I was starting to look at very successful music artists that can live in the way that I would like to be as a music artist. The other person I love is Taylor Swift. You know, she doesn't have to be wearing tiny bikinis and acting all sexual to be a successful music artist. And I'm sorry, but a lot of women do do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. I have no, like the most respect for those women if that's what they want to do. I'm not looking down on them at all, but that's just not very me, you know? Like it feels disingenuine. And if I have to act super like that to be a music artist, I don't think I could carry it on for very long. So so there's there's that, you know? So I'm just like going through all these examples and like trying to really pinpoint and, and relate it to myself. Like what part of their identity that I really vibe with and is there someone I can find to really picture that. The other way you could do this is through like mood boards, right? Like Pinterest is great at lifestyle, but I think finding a person is just more realistic because you know, you can look at a hundred Pinterest photos, but some of them are just really, really unrealistic to achieve. It's so perfect. So I think finding the people, um, it even could be someone you know in real life. It doesn't have to be, you know, someone that is the top of the industry. Sometimes just emulating someone just like a step above you within your community, like takes you to the next level and then you can find someone else. So for 2023, it's like who you want to be. I kind of thought about this. I want to be someone that is you know, more put together. I have problems with possessions and hoarding and stuff. And I've been through so much. Like if you see my, my episode on like, it's like an Australian version, it's not of hoarders, but like I had really bad issues with, with throwing away things. I think it comes from a lot of trauma. And again, this is probably a whole another podcast episode, but it was really tough for me. And so my identity, I want to be able to say like, I'm a, I'm a more minimal person. I'm gonna say I'm gonna use more minimal person because I don't think I can ever get to the point of minimal. But that's part of the identity that I want to change. And there's so many things that you have to like come to terms with in terms of identity. Wow, I'm making a whole identity podcast right now. But yeah, come up with the identity, someone you want to be, like just vision boards of like how your lifestyle would look like. What would this person speak like? What would this person look like? What would this person's daily routine be? What would this person's like language be? How would they look at life? How would they interpret things? Like go through all that, really piece together that identity. So that's like one way of planning 2023. You might wanna start there. And after you start there and you figure out what the identity is and who you wanna be, now you just like break it down into different sections. And those of you guys that love lists, checklists, procedures, processes, like you're gonna love this next part. What I suggest you do is break down that identity or whatever your, your goals are. All right, so this is how I would break it down. It would be emotions, relationships, mental health, fitness and health, career, finances, and maybe spirituality, if you're there yet. You don't have to be there yet, but those are the kind of, I would break it down into those areas. And if you guys are part of my members community, I'm gonna give you guys the checklist and, and kind of guide so you guys can do it yourself so you don't have to write this down. So now that you have this identity and we have these categories for the identity, it's so important to go through and fill these out. So for example, for me in my identity, in the emotional part, 
I want to be more regulated in my emotions. So why I put emotions first is I feel like for me as an emotional person, but you might not, you might be a bit different, but as an emotional person, my emotions drive a lot of the other aspects and categories of my life because a lot of things I do is because I feel like it. So with my emotions, it's like the more stable my emotions are and the more positive they are in general, my life just feels better. Like no matter how it is actually, my experience of life is better. So in 2023, my image and identity of myself is to be an emotionally mature person. Someone that can handle someone saying something negative about me and be able to receive that and be able to be like, okay, I hear that. Not resist it and just reflect on it and then like let it pass. Like if it doesn't help me, like let it pass. Me, like even right now, what I'm working on is like, I'm so reactionary to those things. Like my emotions go up and down depending what is thrown at me. And so therefore I feel like my life is really controlled by anything external happening because I can't regulate and stabilize my emotions and reactions to these things. So in 2023, I wanna be a more emotionally stable person. And that leads me to the next category of mental health. So mental health is kind of tied to emotions and it's something that I'm glad we can all talk about without it being so weird these days. So for me, my mental health in 2022 was not great. I had a lot of depression and anxiety. It made everything very, very hard. So in 2023, my identity is going to be, I am someone that will take care of my mental health. You know, that means going to a therapist, which I haven't done yet, but it, that's, that's my actionable for this identity. Someone that can go to therapy and really work on their mental health. Just like you go to the gym to work on your fitness, I'm gonna go to a therapist to work on my mental health. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just something we regularly need to do to keep up the standard, to keep up the quality of it. So for me, I'm going to be someone that works on my mental health and that's the mental health part of it for me because I want to be less depressed. I want to experience less anxiety and I also want to see if there's actually anything actually chemically wrong with me. I have not been diagnosed with anything. I'm not sure if I ever will and even if I did, I'm not going to make that my identity because I think that's a very important aspect of this mental health slash identity thing. Like don't make your identity about depression. Like even if you have depression, I don't believe it's healthy to identify as being depressed because then it rules your life. And I think that's why this identity thing is so important because what you identify with and who, what is your identity basically rules your life. So for me, it's like, I will not identify with my mental health issues. I'm going to identify as someone that improves and works on my mental health to be better because I believe I can be more than these mental health issues. And the next area tied to both mental health and emotional are relationships because these two pillars heavily affect your relationships. Your relationships can go downhill real fast if you're always depressed and you're always anxious and you're always, you know, emotionally unstable to the point where everyone around you is just trying to tiptoe and, and, and not, not trigger you. That's not a very nice place for people around you to be. And in 2022, I recognize that about myself, that 
because of everything that I was going through and all the turmoil that I had, it was causing a lot of people around me to be in that state. And that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. So for 2023, I want to be someone that values their relationships in an unselfish manner. And by unselfish, I mean all those things. It's like not making people responsible for making me feel better. Not making people responsible for, for me being happy. It's like taking on that responsibility to myself and just being in a relationship where I can give to them. I want to be in giving relationships where I give. So that's my identity. I am a responsible relationships person where I am responsible for myself. And in turn, I believe that that's what's going to lead to really great relationships in my life. Because I think it's one thing to be like, I want great relationships, you know? But like, what does that really mean? Like, how do you even do that? Like, I think being a person that is responsible for your own emotions, your own mental health, and having an unselfish relationship perspective where you're giving in relationships instead of taking will lead to great relationships. So that's the one thing I'm going to be focusing on on 2023. Um, of course, I could have bigger goals for my relationships, but I'm just being realistic knowing that my first two pillars of emotions and mental health are not that great right now, that the best thing I can do for the next year is just take care of myself. And in turn, like that will be great. And I think maybe in 2024, I'll be in a place where I can start expanding that relationship goal into taking care of other people. So yeah, you know, small goals. Okay, fitness and health. Without good health and well-being, it's so hard to be emotionally, you know, responsible. It's so hard to take care of your mental health. I believe that physical health and mental health are very, very strongly connected. When I stop exercising, I feel like my mental health goes lower automatically. And when I start exercising, taking care of my body, like my mind gets taken care of. So fitness is a huge goal for me. So last 2022, I did really well. I started going to the gym every single day and doing at least 20 minutes of exercise. Recently after the move, I've, I've just moved and, and all these things towards the end of the year that has gone out the window because I'm in a new place and there's no gym downstairs and, and that's like throwing me off. In 2023, my identity needs to be, I am someone that takes care of their health every single day and I am going to be a healthy person and I'm going to go in and define that for myself into kind of habits like daily habits I think especially with this health thing daily habits are essential so things like you know drinking three cups of water a day taking matcha every single day is one of my pillars of health and well-being spending 20 minutes outside whether it's walking whether it's at the gym just moving my body for 20 minutes not necessarily doing a crazy routine that is really not my thing right now maybe maybe the year after reducing my carbs to certain amounts so how I'm reducing my carbs easily this is this is a hack if you want to easily reduce your carbs is just try and buy keto everything it's a little bit more expensive and i know some of you guys can't like just go out and buy keto stuff because it is marked up a lot higher but there's lots of keto recipes online as well and keto is a diet and lifestyle although i'm not practicing keto uh all the recipes have reduced sugar and carbs because they the whole point of keto diets is to restrict carbohydrates. So for me, opting for the keto version 
will automatically reduce my carbs. So little little things that I've done that has changed is I've started buying keto bread instead of normal bread. And then I've started looking for like keto noodles, like egg noodles versus normal noodles. So those are the little things that is making that lower carb thing easy for me that you guys can use as well. So think of like little hacks and little changes that you can do that may not necessarily just rely on willpower to like help you get to that goal. The other health thing that I'm really, really conscious about and I really wanna do better is to eat less and intermittent fast more. So now I'm moving my first meal of the day to around 1 p.m. And if you're younger, um, intermittent fasting may not be for you. So please check with your doctor and, and just know like, you know, but for me in my 30s, intermittent fasting has really helped. It has cleared that fog, that brain fog I have after meals. It happens a lot later in the day. So I have like at least my mornings to get a lot of stuff done and not feel like I just want to nap. After I've gotten used to it, it's gotten a lot better. So for me, I'm someone that eats two meals a day right now. That's who I am. I only eat two meals. So that's been working really well for me and I wanna stick to that in 2023. And notice how like sometimes I'm giving myself some slack and just sticking and maintaining what I did last year because not necessarily you need to improve everything. Sometimes you're already doing something well, you should stick to it. I think my health and wellness is a category that I do pretty well and I focus a lot on and so I'm not gonna wanna improve drastically the next year. I'm just gonna keep with my identity of being healthy and making my decisions through that. I am someone with an automatic financial system that works. I think, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about like all these different ways to improve my investment strategies. And all those ways took a lot of time and effort. Things like trying to figure out what the next stock will be, you know, the next stock that's gonna like 10X or, 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 or gain. Um, that takes a lot of time and effort. I'm not very good at it. I'm an emotional person. And if you know anything about stock trading investments, emotions, tradings is the easiest way to lose all your money. So being like self-aware, it's like I need an automatic system so that I can be financially secure and stable and know that I'm getting to my goals with very, very little effort. So for me, it's about creating a financial program that is automatic that I can just set up once or, and then like have very, very minimal effort to keep it going. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on like getting your finances together. Cause I think that's so important and an aspect where us women like really, really fall short and we don't get a lot of education on it, but that's me. Like I want to be someone with an automatic financial strategy that works. And then finally we get to the career part, which is such an important thing for me. I am such a career orientated person. So the career goals are always going to be one of the more important ones to me. And for my career goal in 2023 is I'm going to be someone that is authentic and prioritizes authenticity and passion in her work. This is such a different goal to me. Had you have asked me like, couple years ago, it would have been like to make a million dollars, you know, that would have been my career goal or whatever slash finance goal. Um, but this year it's going to be so different because you need to exercise different muscles. I've done that first one. Actually, I'm very proud to say, I'm very blessed to say that I've achieved that goal already. So now it's time for me to achieve the goal of 
now I'm going to be that person that lives her career authentically, does exactly what she wants to do, and is able to pursue her passions, which is music. I wanna work a lot more on things like this podcast and my music, and that's gonna be my career goal. It's not gonna be anything based on numbers. Like my identity for my career for 2023 isn't to be the most successful. It's going to be someone that is authentic and is doing exactly what she wants to be fulfilled because that's what I need now. I think that's what's gonna fill my soul for next year and that's the identity I'm going to go with. And I think I'm taking steps already. Like I'm obviously not waiting for 2023 to happen for all these things to do. This is 2023 planning, but again, like I said in the beginning of the video, you don't need to wait for 2023 to start this. Me doing this podcast right now is me living my authentic career life. I do wanna talk about these things and I am uncensored. So that's something that I haven't been able to say for so long because my YouTube channel was family friendly. I never used to swear. I never thought I was able to really share a lot of deep and meaningful opinions because people didn't wanna hear it. Like, do you want to know the meaning of life while you're making slime? No, it is obviously not appropriate. And the type of content I was creating back then didn't allow me to live my truth. So this podcast is me living my truth, me you know, prioritizing music is me living my truth. So I'm going to do more of that in 2023 and I'm going to make that my identity. I want to be able to say proudly at the end of 2023, I'm someone that authentically, you know, tackled my career in a very authentic way. And I was able to do everything that I was passionate about and put passion first over money, over success, over numbers, over everything. And that would make me super proud. So that's 2023 planning in a nutshell. Again, if you guys want like a worksheet system, I'm gonna be putting that in my memberships community. So if you wanna join my community of beauties, there's a join button on YouTube down below. Again, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, look up Make Life Beautiful Podcast on YouTube and join the YouTube memberships. I might start like a separate memberships community, but for now, like I don't wanna make life complicated for me. So YouTube memberships is just the easiest thing for me. And I'm gonna be putting together all the worksheets, guides and everything that I talked about today. So you can summarize and get your life plan for 2023 with me. I hope you guys enjoyed this. This has been a very long episode, but it's something that I think is very important to cover in detail and that is very important to come up with the context and why everything happens. And I really want you to do this with me. I want you to go down below and share with me anything that you found super interesting today that you learned that you didn't know before. Like, first of all, tell me that. And second of all, what are your plans for 2023? Doesn't have to be complicated. Could be one thing, could be two things. We ain't judging. Like, again, you're not here to change to a completely different person in one year. Things take time. And sometimes it's just really, really good to yourself to just take a step back, take it slow, and build up that momentum by starting with one or two things that you want to change. So I hope you guys had a wonderful 2022. We're coming up to the holidays and I may or may not have a podcast episode coming up because I'm going to take some time and enjoy my holidays. And if not, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Turn on notifications and follow the podcast to be notified the next time I upload. But I hope you guys have a wonderful holidays, a wonderful New Year's, and that we are gonna start 2023 and absolutely kill it. Thanks beauties for watching this podcast and I'll see you guys soon. Bye, love you. Your spirit, mind and body just to get me